Thank you very much for the invitation to speak. I might tell you what he just said. Thank you very much. Uh, always a great joy to gather together with our brothers and sisters in Christ we can talk about the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. And clipped on there. If you would open up your Bibles to the I think it's the book of Ephesians. I want to read for you here a verse of scripture that I hear quite often. Whenever we, whenever it's read, it's, I don't believe read in its fullness. And I hope to fill some of it in today with the words that the Lord had Paul to write down for us. <clears throat> Book of Ephesians, the second chapter, and verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What it was just read for you is something I know is very familiar to you. I want to take this and break it down because as we listen to the ones that have spoken before us, they place a great deal of emphasis on, on, on all the things that is written here. But I just want to reiterate, or I might state, thank you, Randy, for the, work, the scriptures that you read, because we planned on reading them as well. Brother Lynn, thank you for your message, because what you had to say also applies to the things that we have to say about about the faith of. Uh, uh, about the faith that God has given us. In verse 8, it says, For by grace, and if we take and just pause for a minute, and I know you all of us understand, Tom, what the word grace means. It means an unfa unfa unmerited favor or an unmerited act of God that he has placed upon these ones to whom I believe he has chosen before the foundation of the world. He says, for by grace are you saved. That word saved means to make whole, make complete. In other words, by his grace you are, these ones are made whole or complete. And this is what it's stating to us here in, in, in that. And whenever we listen to the word saved, 
as I've looked through the scriptures that have been revealed to me by the power of God, not that he directs all the power towards me, but as I'm just stating that this is the only means whereby we come to this understanding, that there's over 30 different ways of being saved. In Mark, the 16th chapter, in verse 16, he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Here he takes, there's two different things here that he speaks of. Belief and baptism. You're saved by that. I believe in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, in verse 24, it says, We are saved by hope. Over in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, in verse 2, it said, Ye are saved if you keep in memory that which I preached unto you. If you keep it in memory. I think I was telling Phoebe there that I was, I was taking a pill every day to increase my recall, my brain thought process, and my memory. Uh, it was... Uh, the pill uh, I can't remember the name of the medicine but I'll, I'll get it here in a minute Prevagen that's what it, I, knew, I knew I'd remember but it's helped my recall I really don't take that medicine it was just <laughs> but the point that I'm making here is this here he says for by grace are you saved through faith being saved if we keep in memory I want to point out to you, Randy, that you made mention of in the, I think the 16th chapter of the book of John. He's going to bring that to our, the Holy Spirit's going to bring that to our remembrance. Not based upon our capabilities, but rather upon God's. And this is what it's telling us in this verse, in the verses of Scripture that, as our, as our text. For by grace are you saved through faith. And Brother Lynn, this is why I wish to thank you for your message because you see what you read for us was a process. And we'll hope to get to that in just a moment as well, reading some of the same words you addressed. But it's a process through faith. And then he goes on to state that not of yourselves. In other words, the grace and, and being saved is not of yourself through faith, even the faith. It's not something that you develop. In this day and time, especially in the religious world, we hear one saying, Kelly, well, all I have to do is try to have faith. All I have to do is try to uh, believe. All we have to do is to be good. We have, or I'm sorry, have to try to be good. Not only that, but Ola said, we have to try to be perfect. Well, let me tell you something. I, I hope that God will cause you to understand this. When you say man has to try, or we have to try, or I have to try, you're pointing to this one here. 
You're not pointing to God who, is the, who, who, who causes us to do all these things. He said that for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. In other words, the accomplishments in anything, as even Brother Randy made mention of, this, that, that, that it is God who does all this. And I hope to prove this out in our message. That, it's, that God is not making a suggestion and then leaving it up to man to try. God has, Bill has decreed. He's put that grace upon us. Not only that, but as he's taken us through the complete process. It says through faith. That not of yourself. Let me address what faith is. And then Brother Lynn, you read this yesterday in, in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter and verse 2. It says, so, so, then, so faith, I'm sorry, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. That privilege is kicking in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When we read that verse of Scripture, Sometimes it, it's not brought to, to, the, to its fullness if, if we don't understand. Well, what is the substance? What does this word substance mean? That means that's the basis of it. That's the assure, that word means assurity. It means assurance. It means confidence. In other words, we have this assurity. That faith is, called, faith is the assurity of things hoped for. Well, what is it that we hope for? In other words, it's not a wish, but rather a hope. Phoebe, a hope has a basis, and that basis is upon the promise. I look back and I, I can tell you this. I have a great deal of confidence in the Lord's work. He said in John the 10th chapter, he said, I call my own sheep by name. I lead them out. They follow me. They won't hear the voice of strangers. He tells them later on, whenever the Jews asked him the question in verse 25, said, how long does thou make us to doubt? Let me pause. In other words, Tommy, what they were saying, we don't understand, we don't know this. In other words, they had no faith. And that's what faith is based upon. And I'll, I'll point this out a little later. That 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 these ones, he said, how long does thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, you tell us plainly. He said, I've told you the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. As I said unto you, my sheep, hear, he said, you believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I can tell you this, Chuck, I have a great deal of faith, confidence, assurity that I'm his sheep. He's called me out. He's placed me in his hand. Is there any ill will going to be placed upon me? No. We have all these things because God it is who, who I believe gives us this full assurance and full confidence. So then he said that faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen well what's the evidence well brother randy read for you some things here evidence 
the scriptures or the proof of the promises that Jesus Christ has, is, 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 is going to keep or the work that he's going to perform. We have evidence through the scriptures gives us an understanding and some of the things we just spoke about being his sheep. This is evidence to us. It's proof to us through the scriptures. And that's what it means. In other words, this scripture is, or this faith that we have is the knowledge I believe that God has given us. Let me just give you an example. I need a million bucks. I need to borrow it from someone. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to ask that guy right there because I know he don't have it. It's based upon knowledge. If I was going to ask for someone, uh, something, I would have to have a great deal of trust and knowledge in knowing that they're able to provide it. When I have an electrical problem, I might call Randy because I know he's, he, he's educated in that and I have a great deal of knowledge about his, his work. So in order to have this faith, it's based upon knowledge. And what I want to point out to you is this, and we hoped to lend, have time to get to the process as well as you read. But if we look at it, I want to point out this one thing, this faith that we have is a result of the Godhead, the work of the Godhead. Every bit of it. We read for you here in, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our text, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. So here is God giving this gift to us. Not only that, but we look in also in the book of Ephesians and, and to point out that this, this faith that we have is, is the knowledge that God has given to us. In the book of Ephesians, the third, first chapter and verse 3, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He is the one that takes the initiative. I realize, Brother Tom, that this religious world wants to think, well, man has to be willing. Man has to do this. Man has to meet certain qualifications. But even in our text, I want to point that out. You see that there's no, there's no stipulations on the, on the part of man. There's no qualifications he must meet as in addressed in our, in our text. But these things are brought to pass brought to pass exactly the way that I believe that God had told, said by for this grace to be bestowed upon them. As we look at these, I want to point out that God not only gives us this knowledge, He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, but also in verse 9, He said, It hath made known unto us the mystery of His will. In other words, he's given us that knowledge or that faith. And everything's according to good purpose which he has purposed in himself. So that is a work of, the God, of God. 
We read over in the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who with, who with the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What it's telling us is this. God it is, David, that says he's the author or the creator. He's the one that made it. Not only that, but he said, I'm the finisher or I'm the completer of it. Talking about Jesus Christ. I'm the author and the finisher of, of your faith. And this is what, what the Son, has, I believe, his work that he, he has done in the author and the finisher of our faith. Also in the book of 1 Corinthians, I think where Brother Randy was reading, let me just turn over and read this for you in order that I might point out as he read for you here again that not only is it the work of God, the work of the Son, but also the work even of the Holy Spirit. When he, when he makes mention in the second chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, I won't read all of it because Brother Randy read all of it, but you read from verse 9 down through verse 12. But he goes on to state here in this verse. He says, Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So the Lord uses the Holy Spirit to distribute to us this faith or knowledge of, uh, I believe, of God's will. God it is who has God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit has done all this. I want to turn over to Romans, the ninth chapter. I'm sorry, the tenth, tenth chapter. Brother Lynn read this for us, which takes us through the whole process. Sometimes, Ron, whenever I read things backwards, I can understand what it's saying. When he says in verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So they're saved by calling on the name of the Lord. Well, how did all this come to pass? I'll take time. I'm going to try to read it backwards if I can. I hope, hope you, can, you may understand the way I may understand it. Because in verse 17, here again he's addressing Scott faith. He says, this faith that we have, that we have. He says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So many people read this and they want to say, Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. That's not what it's stating. 
it says, faith cometh by hearing, but the hearing is by the Word of God. What it's telling us, Penny, is this. That ability to hear of that teaching is given to us by Jesus Christ, the living Word. He is the one that makes us able to understand. And even God the Father. Over in the book of Matthew, the 13th chapter, he states over here, he said, Blessed are your eyes, or your ears, or your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear. Our eyes have been blessed to what? To see. Our ears have been blessed to hear. And this is what it's telling us in this verse here, Brother Lynn, as you read. So then faith cometh by hearing, but the hearing. In other words, the ability to hear is given to us by the Word of God. We read so many places over in the book of Proverbs. The 20th chapter said, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made both of them. And I want to take time to read it for you. Well, if you over in the book of Psalms, the 10th chapter, and I believe verse 17, says, Thou hearest the desire of the humble. Thou preparest their heart. Thou causest their ear, thine ear to hear. In other words, it's an action on the part of God. He causes that to hear. And that's what it's telling us in Romans 10, 17. For by, for so then faith cometh by hearing, but this hearing is by the word of God. Let me read for you also in the book of Psalms. And I hope that I'm making our point to you that it's not left up to man to set up and listen, but rather it is God that causes, causes that to come to pass as far as the hearing is concerned. In the book of Psalms 94, I think. Let me just read this for you if we may. Psalms 94 and verse 9. He who planted the ear, shall he not hear? He who formed the eye, shall he not see? He who chasteneth the nation, or the, the heathen, shall, be, shall he not be correct? He who teacheth man knowledge, shall he not know? The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man that they are vanity. He who planted the ear might ask the question, Dave, who planted it? God. What's going to be the result? They're going to hear. Same with, with the eye. All this is God's work. And I hope that we pointed out here that not only is the work of God the Father, God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit, that He's going to take us through that process. And what we read for you in the book of Romans is only a description of that process. And let me just go and 
point this out. find my place. Romans the 10th chapter. Going backwards. They hear because by the Word of God. And Ron, that's a living Word. What do they hear? That which is being taught by that preacher that was sent. The one that the one that's who, who has beautiful feet, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How did they get there? They were sent. And I believe some of the brethren even made mention of sent through the authority of the, that, that's given to those churches to send those ones. But they are sent, which I believe they were sent by even by God. And then he goes on to state here, when he said, how should they hear without a preacher? This preacher had had also, I believe, been prepared with the knowledge and understanding and the ability to present that truth. And then he goes on to state here, said, how, how should they believe on him whom they've not heard? They're going to preach about Jesus Christ and him crucified. All this, all these things they've taken through, that's going to also give them the reason why those that are called upon the name of the Lord, those ones who have been brought to this understanding, they can't call on Him whom they have not known. But this, the Lord's going to take them through this complete process. And in this process here, He made mention of this here in this, in this verse of Scripture, in verse 14. How then shall they call upon Him whom they not believed? We read for you in Mark 16 and 16, He that believeth. Where does that belief come from? Well, let me point out, it's still again the work of the Godhead. In, Rome, in the book of John, the ninth or sixth chapter, verses 28 and 29, when the Jews came to Jesus Christ and asked him the question, What must we do? Here again, Dave, what must we do? Pointing to man. What must we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. It's the work of God that we believe on him. It's not our work, but rather it's the work of God that we believe on him. That's the Godhead. Over in 1 Peter, and what I'm pointing out here, Ron, is that, that it's the work of the Godhead from beginning to end of our belief. In 1 Peter, the first chapter, verse 21, it says, For by Him do believe in God. It's not, Sister Clara May, by us. It's by Him. In other words, by Jesus Christ. We do believe in God. Over in the book of John, the 17th chapter, verse 3, 
he said, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. The Lord, even in his prayer, said he's been given power over all flesh to give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And he explains what that eternal life is. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ. So they have been caused to believe all this and to know, know I believe the only true God and Jesus Christ himself. Let me turn over here and read this for you if we may. In, in the book of John, the 16th chapter. Pointing out to us the work of the Godhead. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And let me pause. In other words, he said, it's expedient I go away. If I don't, see... He will not come. But if I go away, he said, I'm going to send him unto you. That was an assurance that he was going to come. Then he goes on to explain what it is that he's going to perform. He says here in verse 8, For when he has come, he will. And let me pause here again. I don't know what goes through the mind the most. But I would hope that God would put this into, into all of our minds. When He has come, He will. Not halfway. Not just a partial way. He will. Whatever's described after that, He's going to perform that. None's going to say His hand. Because God sent him to perform that, those things, and he's going to, these are going to be completed. He says in verse 8, And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. This word, reprove, is described in many ways. But what it means is to convict or convince. And I think, Tom, many times you may refer to a book, Strong's. Well, in this book, particular book, this particular word here, is I can't may not pronounce it. I can tell you what the number is, sixteen fifty one. He describes what the word is to reprove. It means to convict and convince. I read on down through the explanation of what Strong's had to say, and he says he will convict the whole world 
but not necessarily convince. You mean the Lord's only batting 500? He's only doing a halfway job? I don't believe that. He said He will reprove the world of sin. He's going to do that. And I believe that this world that He's talking about is the world that the Father gave to the Son. He said He will reprove them. So what is this sin? And he goes on to state, to reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. I'm just going to address the one here this morning. He said, He will reprove the world of sin. And Patty, I believe that He's going to complete it as well. Not only convict them, but convince them as well. In other words, he's going to convict them and cause them to know and understand that their way of thinking or their way of walk was in error, was in darkness. And he's going to convince them of something else, not to believe in themselves. And this is what it's stated here because it describes for us what this sin is. Keep in mind, when he has come, he will. And then he goes on to tell us, convict, can reprove the world of sin. And then he goes on to state here in verse 9, of sin because they believe not on me. So what's, it, what's going to take place here? He's going to convict them of their error in believing in themselves. Believing in false gods. And he's going to... Co- convince them to believe in Jesus Christ. That's what he's going to do. See, my time's almost gone here, so let me just bring our message to a close with this. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Where is our peace, our comfort, and joy? Is the Lord going to be able to take us through this process of not only giving us an under, causing us to believe, giving us an understanding, having, a, having this faith or confidence in His work? I realize in Philippians 1 and 6, it says, being confident in this very thing, He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I know he's going to do that. But let me bring our message to a close with this in the book of Job. I know it's very, very familiar to you, but I want to take time to read this for you because Job's confidence was in in the Lord as Brethren brought out, said the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. All the work he was brought to know and he had that faith in God that he was in complete control of him. And this is what he states in the 23rd chapter of the book of Job. 
as he was taken through the process. In verse 10, But he knoweth the way that I take. Let me pause. I wonder how the Lord knows the way that I'm going to take. Does he know what path I'm going to be on tomorrow? Does he know what road I'm going to be traveling on next week? Lord knows it all, Norma. Because he's determined, he's ordered. And he goes on to state what he what he stated here in this said when he and when he hath your Bibles may say tried me, but said test me, I should come forth as gold. He may be taken through a lot. But yet, whenever at the end of the end, end, end of the his his walk, he's going to come forth as gold. And then he goes on to say in verse twelve, "Neither have I gone back from from his commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary fruit." But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? What his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth the things that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. And I hope that all of us are brought to realize the faith that has been bestowed upon us is a gift of God, not earned on our part, not merited on our part. We didn't deserve it. But it's only something that God, I believe, has provided for us in order that we might be complete and made whole. And I'm also, uh, Ron, I always end it with this. As Paul stated, for by God's grace I am what I am. So I hope that we brought to understand what faith, what this faith is.